Welcome to the Way of the Weaver podcast, where we explore magic, justice, and community. Thanks for showing up to our queer-centric, radically enchanted conversations. Our world needs your magic. I'm Jamie Wagner. My pronouns are she and her, and I'm coming to you from Muskogee land in so-called Alabama. I'm Murphy Robinson. My pronouns are they or he, and I'm coming to you from Indakana, the land of the Abenaki people, also known as Vermont. If you're listening to this on the day it comes out, happy Friday, October 13th. What a lucky day. Welcome to the second part of our two-part discussion on ethical manifesting. So I was wondering if you're thinking about manifesting something in your life these days, Murphy. Oh, that's a good question. There's there's always so many things to manifest, big and small. But I think um, I think right now I'm thinking a lot about my like livelihood configuration. Um, since the pandemic started, I've had a really lovely day job um, working, doing some truck driving and warehouse work with like a super queer crew, a really trans supportive workplace, really joyful, fun place to work. It's been great um, until this summer when there were a bunch of like humans resources abuses that were really shocking. And I did a bunch of organizing around it, but um, it proved uh, fruitless. And so me and about half the crew all quit. So wow, I no longer have a day job. And that's really and, unfortunate. Yeah, Sorry about that. It, it was pretty sad. Um, and so now I'm teetering on this, like, well, should I like try and get another day job? Should I, um, you know, ramp up my own offerings and try to be fully self-employed again? Like I have been in the past before COVID, um, you know, what's the balance here that's going to going to make me the most happy. So I've been thinking about, you know, I've applied for a few other day jobs. I've got one very part-time job right now that doesn't seem like a great fit. I'm thinking of moving on from that soon. Um, and yeah, trying to, I, I'm not sure. I mean, I think I need manifestation magic and also maybe I need some divination to get, get total clarity on where to put my energies next. Cause I do have so many of my own endeavors going forward. Um, but I also need to support myself. Even I'm good at living cheap, but I can't live for nothing. <laughs> um, so yeah, for um, sure. I mean, one of the advantages of not getting a day job right away would be working on uh, having some time to write some grants because um, I'm trying to manifest a uh, facilities building on the land where I host Weaver Camp and a bunch of transgender camps for adults and things like that. And um, we could really use a better kitchen facility and better bathroom facility and better septic and well situation and things like that to support those gatherings on the land. So like... Yeah, I'm not even sure if I want a day job or if I just want time to write grants, but uh, I need to manifest some monetary support for my daily life and for <laughs> these bigger projects for community building. What about you, Jamie? What are you manifesting? Well, um, one of my other creative projects, other than Way of the Weaver and the nonfiction that I work on, is producing a movie. And <laughs> this movie that we're working on right now, I'm working with a good friend of mine who's a filmmaker. It's about women who are working toward positive systemic changes in their communities to address really big challenges that we have right now, right? Like climate chaos, uh, inequality, gender equity, education, healthcare, um, big issues like that. And uh, it's a really big project. We're traveling to six different continents so we can see the methodologies people are using around the world. 
and we're going to be filming multiple case studies. So you can, you know, you can imagine our budget is quickly approaching a million dollar mark, which is uh, honestly like a little, um, a little intimidating, but I don't think impossible. Um, we're in the process of applying for multiple grants to fund the film. Um, so like you, <laughs> I am involved in some grant writing. Um, so I think I could definitely use some money manifestation magic for our filming budget. So I think, you know, that's what I'm, that's what I'm looking for right now. <laughs> Those are like pretty big things that we're into manifest. I feel like when I was in my twenties, I just need to manifest like a bike tire and things like that. But now I'm like, <laughs> I need to manifest a whole building or you need to manifest like trips around the world. It's interesting how these things change, but um, <laughs> I mean, we usually like to get started in the process of crafting some spell or manifestation work by like asking a bunch of ethical review questions um so do, do we want to sort of like go through some of the questions that we like to ask about a spell before we go move into the yeah. manifesting yeah and i think these would be our recommendations for folks out there that are listening um who might be potentially thinking about um, crafting a manifestation spell of their own and these can be helpful to get started um you know, the first question we ask ourselves is, you know, what are the potential impacts? <laughs> and we want to, um, we want to think about is, you know, positive impacts because, you know, obviously there, there could be positive things, but there might be negative things too. And impact is so important. So that's the biggie that, um, that we start out with right away. Right. And then I think another um, really a really important thing you want to do is include a safety clause. <laughs> so yes. my favorite safety clause is this or something better. And I think for way of the weaver, we also tag on this or something better as it serves the good of all involved or something like that. Right. Like, you know, just a sense of like, you know, because we're human, right. We may not have the ability to see uh, all the threads that are coming together to make something happen. Right. And so, you know, it's a way of safeguarding, like, you know, you're, you're asking from the current knowledge you have, right. <laughs> so it's a way of like safeguarding against um, limiting yourself in some respects. Particularly it has to do with money, which are what we're maybe both looking at in our lives right now. Um, cause under capitalism, it's so easy to have money come to you in ways that exploit other people that is like kind of built into the system. So, you know, are, are there ways that we can structure this or, or put some clauses in there to call in money that actually does, cause there are, there is such a thing as an exchange of money that like nourishes everyone involved, but it's like, you gotta be pretty careful to, to find that. Um, so being conscious about that, which, which ties into the next question I like to ask, which is, is there something more radical you can ask for? Like, have yeah. you actually gotten to the root of this thing that you need? Or, you know, are you treating like the cause or the symptom? Uh, and how are you being limited and blinded by your assumptions about what is possible? Is there maybe a bigger way to ask for a stronger, more base level solution in your life for whatever it is that you need? Yeah. I mean, it's like, what is the root of your need, right? Like, uh, is what you're asking for actually addressing the root of what you need? Or is it just addressing some symptoms, right? Because, you know, you have to do some honest self-reflection there and think about like, why do I actually want this? Is this, you know, is this a symptom of something uh, like a, a larger sort of um, unmet desire or unnamed, you know, unnamed thing? Uh, you just have to investigate that a little bit. Do you, I mean, do you know what, does this make sense? Do you know what I'm talking about? 
Yeah. I mean, in my example of wanting maybe a day job, I'm like, is, you know, is the issue that I actually want a day job or is the issue that I want uh, reliable monthly income to live on? And uh-huh. you know, yeah. what I, what I need is like a steady, reliable flow of money through my life to beat my, meet my basic needs and allow me to move forward with goals and community building. And so maybe that's what I want to enchant for versus just calling in a day job because maybe the day job actually gets right. in the way of the larger flow that could come through. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a great example. Uh, like great example. And, um, you know, I, I'm a Capricorn. I, I, I'll gamble a little, but it's funny. I always joke and say like, I like to, I like to gamble on sure things, which, <laughs> which, which that's not really a gamble, right? I guess, you know, but I do really like a sure thing. I really like a sure thing and I'm, I'm ready to stretch. I'm ready to be audacious. And what I ask for, um, I'm ready to challenge myself, but I, but you know, I usually, when I do that, I like to have a plan B. <laughs> just in case, right? Like I'm, I'm, yeah. Um, you know, in writing in, in the writing world, we call that like, are you a planner or a pantser and pantser being fly by the seat of your pants, right? <laughs> so yeah, I'm more, I'm more a planner than a pantser. Uh-huh. But I mean, what do you think about that? Burby? Do you think it's important for people to have a plan B for manifestation? I think it's a good idea. Um, and, mm-hmm. and I also think you like can't spend you don't want to spend so much energy planning out your plan B and like your insurance policy that you don't have room in your life for the bigger solution to come through, you know? I feel like <laughs> yeah. They're both important. <laughs> well, I think, um, you know, another question would be, are there practical and mundane steps you can take, right? I mean, um, I think, you know, this is something where you're, you're working magic, you're working enchantment, but there's also maybe some practical steps. What do you think about that, Murphy? Oh, I think that's totally important. I think to like, you know, cast a spell and then just kind of like sit on your ass is not uh, how it works. I think you you got to do your part for sure. Um, <laughs> for example, one thing that I, I have a, a friend who has a, a strange uh, peculiar like long-term concussion symptom thing going on that is like Mm, beyond mm -hmm. the normal range of what you experience from a concussion it keeps like recurring and and so um I've been trying to like get him some help and support and you know that has I, I haven't actually uh cast a spell for that yet because another really important question to ask is has you've gotten consent from everyone involved Mm. Um, and i haven't i haven't sat down with them and had that conversation of like hey can i like cast a spell to bring in like the healing support we need for the situation um but what i have done is like worked really hard to take him to um places where he can get the medical care he needs to start looking into deeper causes and get getting checked out for other things that could be going on with his brain and like i've given him rides to the ER in another town where it's less busy, where he can actually like get a CAT scan and get this process started and get some more urgent referrals to neurologists, which are all booked out for nine months. You know, it's, it's a whole process, but like you, you do both things. You both, um, you both work on the practical level and, and call in the higher powers. If you have the consent of everyone involved, that's particularly important when you're sort of manifesting for someone else. Like, are they okay with that? Do they consent to oh, it? Oh yeah. Another thing I think that uh, we teach in Way of the Weaver that's really important is reciprocity, right? Like um, 
this isn't really like a, a this isn't an in, it's not an extractive game, right? You're not really extracting something from the universe uh, without offering something in reciprocity. So I think it's very important for folks to ask themselves, you know, what am I willing to offer in exchange? How you know how I'm how am I going to be um, in integrity with what I'm asking for? You know. Yeah, and that's that's something that like comes especially easy to me when I'm doing uh, spell work where I'm working directly with the deity to try and make my request. Um, I call in help because I don't know that sort of like personified exchange with this other being. Um, but I think it's also important just for general spells or even just prayers. You know, you're going through your daily life and you're like, oh man, I could really use like you know a taxi to show up really soon here or whatever it is. You know, you can also be making little offerings like. When I was um, when I was hiking the Appalachian Trail solo, I would often have to hitchhike into trail towns to get my food resupply. And so, whenever I was, um, you know, in in the day where I was going to have to hitchhike, I was approaching a road intersection that I was planning to hitchhike at. I would pick up every piece of trash I found on the trail that day. There was a lot of trash on the southern Southern Appalachian Trail, so I didn't pick up all the trash the whole way long because I would have like added sixty pounds to my backpack. But on the day when I needed a hitch oh hitchhike, gosh. I would like make my offering to the trail gods to just like pick up all of the trash. And then when I got my hitchhike, I would take it into town and throw it in a municipal trash can. And that was like my reciprocity. I'd, I'd already done my exchange by the time I was asking for the the favor from the world. And oh, that nice. felt like it worked really well. Yeah. Some good, yeah. convenient, safe hitchhikes. Oh yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. I mean, and, and reciprocity can take a, a lot of different forms, right? Like you're picking up trash off the side of the road. It could be like maybe just offering someone a compliment, you know, like maybe just, um, you know, reaching out and making someone day, someone's day just a teeny bit better. It could be, you know, it could be feeding an animal. It could be putting out, you know, a bowl of water for the birds outside. It could be a lot of things. I think, um, you know, we could get creative with that. Right. But it should probably I should probably feel like it's an equal exchange though. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if you're asking, if I'm going to ask for, uh, to be funded for a million dollars, my reciprocity <laughs> might need to be a bit on the bigger side. And, you know, I have to really think about that and consult with, you know, my gods and my guides and feel that, and, and, you know, what would be appropriate for, you know, what I'm asking for. Yeah. If I'm able to raise the funds to, to build a building to support my programs, then every program I subsequently offer is part of that reciprocity. It's, you know, um, giving back based on what was yeah. provided to me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's important That's a dynamic. Mm -hmm. Well, I think this brings us around to something that um, you and I are very grateful for <laughs> in our working relationship. Who's your accountability buddy? <laughs> um, it's so it's it is so helpful to work together. Even if you and I are not trying to manifest the same thing, we share um, our our project updates with each other. We kind of share about like spells we're casting, magic we're doing, what we're trying to bring into our lives, and it really I know for me personally, I'll just speak from my own experience it helps me stay on track. Like you would not even believe, <laughs> you know, it's so it's hard to be just accountable to yourself. So when you have someone to share it with, Oh, it makes accountability so much easier. I mean, what do you think about that Murphy? I, I really like that. And it's, it's important with magical work to, you know, choose an accountability buddy that understands what you're talking about, because I think, you know, we live in these, very mundane worlds. And some people will just think it's really super weird that you've just cast a spell for whatever it is. Um, but I mean, you know, we're lucky to have each other, Jamie, you know, we talk on the phone every Monday. And so we can be like, Oh, how'd your spell go? And things like mm -hmm. that. 
Um, it's also something I really appreciate um, whenever we have an active Weaver program going, whether it's an in-person cohort or a Zoom class, we always have a group text chat going with it as well, yeah. where people can check yeah. in. And I see people utilizing that a lot to be like, okay, I just cast the spell and this is what I did and this is my intention. And mm-hmm. and then everyone, you know, re- sends their little reaction emojis and cheers them on. And like, mm-hmm. you've just have this whole group of people that has witnessed you that like doesn't think that you're crazy for casting a spell. And it's it's very supportive. Yeah, I think it adds it adds a little extra punch of energy too, right? Like just an extra little like there you go, a little bit more in there, um, because mm-hmm. you know your your friends and your accountability buddies are pulling for you. So yeah, yeah, I really like that. Um, yeah, I yeah, used I was, to be I a was... person. That... Go ahead, no, go ahead. Oh, I was just thinking of um, cast in our Weaver. There's um, we do a retreat in our nine month cohorts that. Um, where we do manifestation via sigil, creating magical sigils and like mm-hmm. launching them all together yeah. in a ritual. And I still yeah. have a bunch of them up on my wall and you're, you're supposed to like put your sigil on your wall until it becomes just a part of your world that you don't even see and just sort of gets integrated into your subconscious that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but every once in a while I notice, oh yeah, that's a sigil on my wall. And I think about, um, and, I'm, and I just think about how some of them took like four years to manifest, you know, like, like it's sometimes there's like a long-term process with that. But because we are building this like, you know, stable community, I can still, you know, when I see my fellow weavers at gatherings, I can be like, you know, that sigil that I made in 2020, right before the pandemic hit, I just achieved that goal. And like, there's this, um, this celebration <laughs> and, it, and it builds, it builds our understanding that this really does work. Whereas if you don't have that like longitudinal community along with it, you might just forget to track that. Oh yeah, that's an excellent point. In fact, I'm sitting at my desk and um, in front of me is, uh, I have a large bulletin board with like sort of like project timelines, um, you know, a vision board, which again is kind of a manifestation tool <laughs> and and all kinds of things. And actually there's a couple of weaver, weaver sigils hanging out on, on this board. And, um, and actually I'm looking at one right now that I'm like, yep, that book actually did manifest. <laughs> yes so, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome yeah, yeah i'm thinking but about one i did for um for relationships um pretty early on in our weaver programs and i I feel like just this summer i'm like i can really check that one off i really achieved everything i put into that intention <laughs> it's all in my life <laughs> yeah. now yeah totally well you know um I think, you know, that kind of rounds out what, you know, some of the ethical considerations, some of the self-reflective stuff to ask yourself as you're crafting a spell. And, um, you know, one other thing I think it's important to mention is, you know, the idea of scarcity uh, versus um, versus manifesting what we need. And I'd wonder if you would just speak to that for a second, Murphy. Yeah, I mean... It's interesting because there we do have this sort of like stuff that just like tells us tells us we just need to change our attitude and everything will change. And, you know, in our last episode, we went through some of the problems with that and how that can be like really victim blaming in an oppressive society. And yet I feel like there is a grain of truth in some of that, which is that like having a sense of scarcity feeds into jealousy, competition, despair, all of these Mm-hmm. Um, emotions that make us act as not our best selves and we don't move mm-hmm. in the world as the way that we maybe wish that we could. And when we have a sense of trust that there is plenty to go around and we will, our needs will be met, 
then that feeds into like collaboration, sharing, generosity, all that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So like building a faith in our ability to manifest what we need makes us kinder, makes us more generous. So that, that is the, yeah, there, there is a like subtle and energetic element to it coming out Mm -hmm. of shifting from scarcity to trust. And, you know, how to, how do we develop faith in our abilities? By practicing it, (laughs) you know, like uh, practice it, practice something that is, you know, maybe small first, or you know what, if you're the kind of person that just wants to dive right in, go for something big, (laughs) you know, Um, but practice it. And, you know, the more you see it working, um, the more you'll have faith that you can manifest what you need. And I think that's a really good point that like, it's way easier to build an ethical manifestation spell if you build manifestation spells all the time. You know, if this is just something that you have practiced and you've, you know, had it go wrong a few times maybe and you've learned from those mistakes and um, you just develop these habits of always running through these questions in your head and reviewing your spell from a few different angles and running it by your accountability buddy and then being like, okay, we're doing this and moving forward. Um, whereas if you, I, th- I think some of, sometimes the risk of, um, the level of ethical rigor that you and I tend to apply to everything, Jamie, is that it can be intimidating <laughs> and people can like, be like, oh my gosh, I don't, I feel frozen. I can't even move because this is too much to think about. So like, don't, don't let it land for you in that way. Um, uh, let it inspire you. Um, let it bring you into that place of trust where you can be this like kinder person in the world. Um, because that's really where we're trying to head. Yeah. And also, I mean, I think it's important to realize, especially if you have accountability buddies, um, they can help with this is that, you know, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna fail, (laughs) you know, at some point I have certainly failed a lot. (laughs) Um, you're going to fail, you're going to mess up, but then you're going to learn about, you know, what you can do better the next time. And you're, and you're going to keep becoming, um, you know, better and better and more adept at doing this. Right. So, um, don't let fear of failure prohibit you from even getting started, mm. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. So, so yeah, it's, um, it's, a, it, it's a beautiful kind of magic and it, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be um, vastly intimidating. <laughs> and um, a wise person once gave me some good advice when I was um, in Ireland and what I, was like learning some of the stories about how you are present with some of the old realizing that I hadn't been following them because uh, I didn't know them. And that person told me, you know, the Fae are usually very understanding of people with good intent. You know, if they, if they know that you didn't know any better and that's why you slept in the fairy ring, maybe they won't like kill you or make you go crazy. Like the myths say, because they're like, well, that person just didn't really know. Um, but they like, <laughs> but so I, I feel like also just, yeah, all the powers that we may call on with our, with our spells, like if we're coming at this with um, a really positive uh, intention and good heart, that goes a long way to um, yeah. allowing it to unfold in a good way, even if we're being clumsy about it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a good way, good way to put it. Well, oh my gosh, Murphy, do we feel ready to craft some manifestation spells? <laughs> I think this was helpful. I feel more prepared and more <laughs> motivated to actually sit down and do a spell. So it's hard to cover at the time, but yeah, I feel, I feel good. How do you feel? Uh, I feel motivated. Yes. I would say I definitely feel motivated. I also feel like 
uh, I want to sit with some of these questions. I'm going to, I'm going to get my journal and sit with some of these things. Um, cause it's a good reminder having this discussion and, uh, get really clear, get some like nice clarity, uh, before I craft a spell, but yeah, I'm ready to do that. Nice. I just finished up a journal slash book of shadows. So I'm, I'm about to inaugurate a new blank book and I might write these questions in the front flap of that book just so I can have them on hand. I, I like the oh. questions we came up with for this. Oh, I love that. That's a great idea. All right. <laughs> well, yeah, let's right? um, have it let's, handy. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Let's go on to, uh, I think that's it for ethical manifestation manifesting. So thanks everyone for hanging with us and uh, listening to this two-part series we did. And I think it's time for announcements. Murphy, you want to share some of the things you have coming up? Yeah. Um, I, I'll share some of the, the Weaver stuff that you and I are doing together because some of the things that I'm doing are either on hold at the moment or under development and not ready to be revealed quite yet. But um. For Weaver stuff, we have our Death Priestixing class, Tending the Threshold of Transition, Zoom-based module that happens this winter, starting January. It's January through like March or early April. Um, that's the winter of 2024. And you can head over to wayoftheweaver.com for all the details. But this is where we learn about uh, the, the tending work that we do around endings and death and all the yeah. magical practices that can attend that. And also, um, we Jamie and I just got everything organized to announce the 2024 Spider Threads cohort next year. This is our longer term uh, cohort where people gather in person for at least three retreats, as well as like some Zoom learning and community building um, to really dive deep into the core skill sets of ethical magic together and it's like very community building the the friendships and relationships in these cohorts last a really long time um mm. and it's a queer centric and trans inclusive community um yes. usually yes. trying to make it a really safe space for that a lot of um queer and trans leadership in the program too um and we have strong ethics around cultural appropriation uh and things like that that are often um not treated with care in new age type yeah. programs um, yeah. And we also have um, scholarships for BIPOC weavers who want to join us as well. So if you know anyone who's um, interested who would qualify for that, please send them our way. Um, so it's it's going to be lots of fun. It's it's I know, a lot I'm so of excited. <laughs> it's a lot of really just doing magic together in super embodied and exciting ways, and really executing on things, including things that you and I don't practice alone. You know, some magic we only yes. do in community because that's the safest yes. way to do it and the most powerful way to do it. So it's it's really pretty special. And if that sounds like something you're interested in, it's going to be next year, May through October 2024. And all details are at Way of the Weaver. Jamie, what do you have coming up? Uh, well, I wanted to uh, say once again, save the date. If you want to go to just one Weaver weekend, we're going to have Weaver Camp again. It will be June 27th through the 30th, 2024. Um, you can check out the details at wayoftheweaver.com. And registration is not open yet. But if you uh, sign up for our newsletter, you'll be the first to know. So you'll be able to jump on that uh, registration call when it goes out. But you can check out the details. You can get a feel for the pricing. All of that is up online. So please check it out. Um, we had our first Weaver camp this past summer and it was 
amazing. I can't wait to do it again. So I hope that uh, if you like to have in-person magical community that you'll consider joining us. And uh, also, I just got notified last week that I my proposal to present at the Botanica Obscura conference was approved. So I'm excited to do that. Botanica Obscura is an online event. It's for all of us plant magic nerds <laughs> that uh, like to get together and talk plants. It will take place uh, March 8th through the 10th. 2024. And again, that's online. They're announcing the rest of the presenter lineup this month in October and ticket sales start in December. You can check out the details at their website, botanicaobscuraconference.com if you're interested in learning more about that. Uh, my particular presentation is about the plants that correspond with working with Hades and the underworld. And uh, big uh, spoiler alert, it's more than just a pomegranate. So <laughs> you can check that out. Um, and then, of course, that always leads me to my uh, last uh, announcement is that you can still pre-order my book. Uh, Hades, Myth, Magic and Modern Devotion is available from Llewellyn in February of 2024. But pre-orders are up on Llewellyn's website as well as Amazon.com. So if you'd like to support me, and be the first to get one of those books when they come out, when they're hot off the press, uh, please consider submitting a pre-order. <laughs> I think that's all for today. Murphy, are, have we, have, are we complete? Have we finished? I think that's everything. Happy manifesting, everyone. Let's roll the credits. Yeah, that's a wrap. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for joining us. You can learn more about Way of the Weaver programs at www.wayoftheweaver.com. If you like this episode, please share it with your friends. It also helps if you write us a review. Subscribe to this podcast so you never miss a new episode. They'll be coming out on or around the 13th of every month. Our theme music is by Fern Maddie, and you can find more from her at fernmaddiemusic.com. Remember that magic is real, present all around us, and a profound tool for justice and transformation. Use it well.